right, Robert uh, from Metallica. Got a little bit of a Zach Wild look, man. Got, got the crazy Zach Wild eye. I you like know, that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I, you know, we were just talking about that. Uh, we had Black Label Society here in the summer, and mm -hmm. uh, actually he had been having problems with the blood clots. That's right. And yeah, he yeah. still played the show, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, he just got done. You know, starting, he was in uh, Singapore, I think, mm -hmm. played a show in a prison. Oh, really? Yeah. You, wow. you ever play a show in a prison? Uh, yeah, it was my first gig <laughs> with this band. Initiation gig, I always call it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's been a few years now. You've been in Metallica. Yeah. Right? Has it set in? It's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of, when I first joined the band, it was kind of like um, uh, the first initial thoughts were how much work I had to, to, to do. You know, it's kind of like, oh, oh. Can I can I say can I say sh sure we can have that <laughs> okay <laughs> no it was like um, it was like I have oh, at the time it was over twenty three years of catalog to learn and then the Saint Anger album had just been finished so there was uh, eleven songs from that that the band had not played live yet you know they hadn't actually performed those songs because when they recorded Saint Anger it was sort of done in pieces so it was like all these challenges and I just started thinking about the challenges that I had ahead of me. And so I wasn't celebrating so much in terms of, you know, wow, cool, yeah, party, you know. It was kind of like, okay, I got work to do. Everybody around me was, you know, but I, I was, I kind of had to think about what we needed to, to, what I needed to do coming up within like a week. It was literally like in a week's time we had all this stuff going on. So I think there was that icon show. Yeah. Right afterwards, yeah. that might have been. Um, that was right after. And in the icon, basically, we worked up a medley, and we had worked it up about four days before the actual show. So we didn't rehearse it. You know, it was kind of like we worked up this medley, okay, and then I'm going to be on, you know, national television, and uh, it's this big deal. So I, I kind of recorded it at a cassette. Luckily, when we put it together, I, I recorded it so I could practice it a little bit. Because, you know, coming into a situation like that cold turkey, you know, you've just done a million other things. And now, okay, oh, we're going to do the MTV icon. Okay, next place you're rehearsing it is on stage at the Universal Amphitheater. And you've got cameras on you and everything. It was like, oh, man. So you always got to think kind of uh, you got to be step, uh, ten steps ahead of these guys because they're going to throw a lot at you, especially back then. Now everything's cool. Now yeah. I'm throwing stuff at them, so we're okay. <laughs> so how did you handle the pressure? I mean, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it wasn't just how I'm going to play a few Metallica songs. You're in the band now. What right. do you do? I mean, that's overwhelming, all that it, stuff it, going it, on. At the time, I wasn't married, and I have ki I didn't have kids, so it was a lot easier to make the adjustment. I, um, I basically you know, joined the band, and it was like I was down in L.A. I got the call um, actually to come down, and then, as you saw in the documentary, I got the gig. <laughs> flew back up and then I think it was like the next night I was having dinner and I get a call from Lars at about seven saying yeah you know we've got this photo shoot tomorrow um so can you fly up can you f yeah can you fly up and I was like yeah and I'm, he goes I know it's last minute I go okay he goes well can you fly up now <laughs> can you fly up in two hours and I was like oh wow okay you know but that's kind of how the, how the world of Metallica is, and if you're not used to that, it can be overwhelming. And I wasn't, but I was able to make the adjustments because um, I had nothing better to do, and <laughs> this is the best opportunity of my life. So it was like, hey, you know, I'm ready. Bring it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have a question uh, uh, on uh, suicidal tendencies. Mm -hmm. You're credited with being called stymie. 
Oh, stymie. Where does that come from? Uh, stymie uh, is a... Um, an interesting character, an alter ego that was created by the band at the time, and I sort of inherited um, his personality and his existence, and uh, and I was stymied for about a year. I was stymied for a year, and then uh, and then when I finally recorded my first album with them, I uh, graduated to to Robert Trujillo. I like and, it much uh, better than yeah, Stymie. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's true though because that, that album was actually recorded just before just like Saint Anger it was recorded just before I got in the band so uh, so yeah Steiny was this inv- invisible bass player who I became long story anyway. <laughs> <laughs> those guys used to drink a lot of beers and whiskey and tequila so that's how Steiny was born <laughs> nice now um, you know the uh, Death Magnetic Obviously, it's a return to the to the old school, a little bit of thrash mm-hmm. yeah. in there. And what was it like taking part and actually developing that music? Because you came in, St. Anger, already done. Right. This time, you're partaking in creating the album. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was great. Um, I had been, obviously, in my career, I've been in a lot of creative situations with, uh, with incredibly gifted, talented, iconic figures. You know, I... I mean, I would consider Ozzy and, you know, Jerry Cantrell and Mike Muir, you know, very special yeah. artists. Um, and to be in a situation with Metallica was like going to the best school of songwriting that you could ever imagine. So for me, it was more about absorbing the process, seeing how they do things and, and, uh, and um, kind of feeding off their energy, um, especially with James and Lars. It's like when they start grasping an arrangement and uh, creating a song it's like they're really feeding off each other and it can be pretty intense um, it has its ups and downs and, and I sort of served as the mediator a lot of the time because Kirk wasn't around that much so I sort of took his role in the process and uh, and it was great I mean I I loved it I they, they welcomed me with open arms they respected my opinion um, you know, I had a lot of key moments in, in a lot of the songs. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next album because I believe Death Magnetic really is the launch pad to what we're going to do. And the fact that the thrash element has, has re-entered the equation is really exciting for me to join the band at a time when, you know, uh, we've got, this, you know, Rick Rubin producing us, who, who was really instrumental. The Beard. The beard. Yeah. Do you have a nickname for him? Um, well, my nickname would have to be Mr. Organic because when he came in, everything had to be organic. <laughs> he didn't want to see computer screens. Yeah. He was like, no, can you turn that thing around? You know, we had this big computer screen. Like, turn it around. I don't want to see it. Everything needs to be organic. But, you know, the good thing with him is, uh, is he took the band out of the comfort zone and uh, brought it back into an element where it was going to be thrashy you know we, we recorded the album in van nuys california down in la amidst the uh, 405 traffic jams in the middle of summer and, and, and all that good stuff and i think that creates a bit of angst in you and uh and creates certain excitement the studio was not glamorous at all um i've recorded in that studio in the past and uh and I recorded there about 15 years ago, and it has not changed a bit. So it's, 
it's just real down and dirty. There's no escape. And that's the best place to keep Lars to get him to do his drum tracks. <laughs> you can't get him too comfortable, you know. So I think that was a positive, and Rick had everything to do with that because initially um, the band was really trying to shoot for recording this next, you know, at home up in SF. You know, you go sleep in your bed, and it's comfy and cozy, and you show up when you want to. But this was, like, a little more hardcore. So... And the other thing is, is the tuning of the songs are in a natural uh, A440, which people that don't understand that, it's um, a lot of a lot of bands uh, find a comfort zone in their their performance or their singing ability step down, mm -hmm. like a lower tuning. Right. I think that the fact that we we were in a um, A440 was great for James because it brought some of that old school flavor to his vocal. And uh, kind of the stuff that he was pushing for vocally um, had a certain strain to it that I think is 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 a positive, and um, and so it's basically not as safe again. So right. taking the band out of the safe zones, I think, was an important factor in in, uh, in making this record, and uh, and Rick had everything to do with that. Um, one of the other things that I'll bring up too is a lot of the songs we were writing, we were um, touring in Europe the uh, 20 anniversary anniversary of Master of Puppets. So some of the concepts of arrangement, not we're not trying to copy anything, but the idea in terms of blueprint and laying out a song. Influencing yourself almost. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's in there too. So there's a lot of different things. And, um, and also Lars and I um, kind of uniting as a rhythm section and uh, I'm sure there'll be more of that. So there's a, there's a lot of great things, I think, to look forward to in the next round. And there's already some riffs floating around. And, and everybody's got really cool ideas. And um, I, I think it's going to be better. <laughs> Actually, yeah. well, I'm excited. I like, we like to hear that. There's going to be about probably 12,000 people here tonight. Oh, cool. And um, a lot of them seeing Metallic for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, the last time you were here five years ago, the St. Anger Tour. First time I ever saw Metallica. Mm -hmm. And um, what's it like? Because I know that my expectation is tonight, I'm going to see the best show I've ever seen. Right. I know you're a critic of yourself when oh, you yeah. come out. Yeah. Um, what's it like after show and you're like, oh, man, I could have done this, I could have done that. How often does that happen? Um, with me, it happens all the time. The other guys are a, a little more easygoing with it. Um, it at the end of the day, we want to have fun. So we... We try to challenge ourselves, like, you know, short of straw, for instance. It's like, you know, a song like this, we just started bringing back into the mix. Um, songs like Through the Never. Um, we, we're bringing in older material and having fun with it. And uh, that creates a freshness into um, the balance of the show. Because we've been doing this, um, at least touring Death Magnetic for a year now. So by bringing in some of the old songs, with the new songs and stuff in between, we, we uh, keeps us it keeps us on our toes, and uh, it's it's all about having fun. And if someone you know screws up or there's a, a mini train wreck, we, we we laugh at it really. I mean, it's it's you know it's all about having a good time. The other night, um, uh, seek and destroy, uh, one of the the Metallica balls that had dropped hit my bass and, and knocked it out of tune so I was playing <laughs> part of the song with you know just 
like Chinese tuning. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, get another bass. But I mean, it's just, it's just part of the gig. And uh, there's not a lot of stress in our camp right now. So that, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Sometimes if Lars plays really fast, James and I will look at each other and laugh. <laughs> Whereas back in the day, um, James might have, you know, thrown something at him. You know, uh, are you a, a sports fan at all? Yeah. You follow sports now. Yeah. Boise, you're here in Boise. Oh, Just yeah. the, the, the selections came out, the BCS. Yeah. The Broncos going to uh, the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. You follow. Oh, that. yeah. What do you think? TCU? I, I'm excited. No, well, I don't know enough about TCU. I know enough about Boise to appreciate them and, uh, and have full respect. It, it, it's, we were just talking about that on the plane because we were reading the paper and, and, uh, and kind of going over the bowl matchups. And, uh, I mean, Boise, it would be great to see them play a Texas or, a, um, you know, uh, I mean, an undefeated team like this who's proven themselves in the last few years more than a couple times. Um, but TCU is awesome, so it's going to be a great matchup. It's ex it's as exciting as um, the main event, you know, um, which is Alabama, you know, yeah. obviously. But I mean, to us over in California, it's as is, it's as exciting as that. As long as SC's not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding, SC no, fans. <laughs> no. I don't think there are any SC no, fans. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> you're all right. Uh, you're in Bronco Nation now, so it's okay. Um, what about wrestling? You follow wrestling? Uh, like WWF? Yeah, yeah WWE. Um, sometimes I'll follow the, the, the Mexican Santos guys. <laughs> <laughs> because, because the reason I ask this is because not that long ago, just a little bit ago, actually, uh, um, Hulk Hogan came out, plays the bass, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. said that he uh, wanted to play for Metallica. Yeah, yeah, it's you, true. You, if you had to fight for your spot against Hulk, what do you think your, I'd have to be your a, finishing I'd, move would be? I'd have to be his base tech on that one. He's, uh, <laughs> but if I had, if I, yeah, I'd have to probably use the base as a weapon against him. He, he's a pretty scary guy. But um, I heard about that. That was funny. Um, Who knows? Not, if not, being not funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, he might have been just joking around. No, no. We, um, I, th I think. You need to bring it's, him out. A, it's an sometime. honor. Give him a little solo. A but little it is solo. an honor to have him. I didn't know that he played bass, you know, and, and I think that's very cool. I went and YouTube I, uh, YouTube some video of him coming out at an old WWF match, and he's actually playing the bass. Really? Now, hard to say if he's really yeah, playing it, but right. still. I mean, he. I used to see him when I was a kid down at Venice Beach, um, you know, skating around, cruising around. And, uh, yeah, he, he was a s scary guy, but super cool. <laughs> and um, to see him on stage with a bass – That'd be really funny and cool, but funny in a good way. I'm not disrespecting him. I no, think I, don't, cool. I don't think he'll be here. Anytime he wants to come out and bring the bass and jam on Seek and Destroy or whatever, it'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, Robert, we appreciate you spending cool. time with us, man. I'm looking forward to an amazing show. All right. What well, would it be happening? You guys made yeah. me cry last time. Well, First Metallica show last time you were here, and, and I, I had to tear up a little bit. Well, so. You better get your tissues out tonight because I think we're going to tear you up even more. Okay, than I might have like some sort of. Don't tear now. Save that tear. Okay, I will. Okay. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> cool, man. Cheers.